welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is May 25th, 2023, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Very special episode. I'm very excited about this, and I have a special guest, Andre Lemos, host for the Sports Ethos EuroLeague Podcast. How are you doing today, Andre? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of your show and of your work for Sports Eaters, and I'm doing great. What about yourself? Awesome, awesome, man. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Tell the fans a little bit about your show before we get into these international prospects, because I can't think of anyone better to have on the show to talk about international prospects than you. Thank you so much. So the European Hoops podcast, uh, we started it this season. We are covering mainly the EuroLeague. We are doing it, uh, we started it halfway through the season, but uh, we managed to to get quite of a good reach and uh, a decent audience. So we are quite pleased about it. And uh, our plan is to continue to do it to the future. And to all of your listeners that are interested on the European hoops and uh, mostly in the EuroLeague, they should give us a follow on Twitter at Ito's EuroLeague and uh, should tune into the podcast. We are now doing a special series, on a recap on uh, all the teams that played on this edition of the EuroLeague. So it's a good opportunity for someone that wants to start learning a bit about the competition. So whoever wants to join, it will be a pleasure to have you. Exactly. exactly. And you're in Latvia, right? Yeah, I'm from Portugal, but I live on the opposite side of the continent. I live I live in Latvia, where my fiancé is from. So I'm somewhere in Latvia, where Kristaps Porzingis is from. Right, I was going to say that. <laughs> so that lets y'all know, this is the real deal. This is not an American. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Do yeah, you it's... want them to know your personal Twitter page or just keep it to Ethos EuroLeague? Yeah, if someone wants to follow me, if someone is interested in, interested in fantasy, I, I'm the league commissioner of the sports Eaters leagues for all the sports and NBA, NFL, NHL and MLB. MLB. So if someone wants to follow me, it's A-N-D-M-Lemus. You can join me, but uh, the main Twitter to follow right now is at Eaters Air League. <laughs> That's the, the right. crucial one. Good, good. Okay, so as we mentioned, you're over there in Latvia. You you're a professional at covering the the Euroleague. So, what better person prospect to talk about right now than Victor Wembanyama? He is projected to be the number one overall pick by far, by a long shot. Everyone says he's the probably the best prospect since LeBron James. Some are saying even a better prospect than LeBron James. Let's hear your thoughts on Victor Wembanyama. Is he overhyped or is the hype real? <laughs> oh, he might be underrated. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do a whole podcast on him, I, I bet. But uh, because besides following European basketball, and I do cover EuroLeague, Victor wasn't playing in EuroLeague this season. So I didn't follow him as much as some other players that probably will be speaking about today. But... Um, I'm also a San Antonio Spurs fan, so I will want to know why don't you have him on first on your big board and why my Spurs should look other direction. But let's uh, speak about Victor and let's start by what is obvious. He will need to fill out his body. We know that. But uh, he's a special 
prospect for all the reasons. Besides like uh, his size and his length, he is clearly an elite defensive and he is, I believe, a future defensive player of the year. His offensive game, it needs to be polished and it needs development development for becoming an elite at, at the NBA level, but he's already very solid. I was just watching his uh, game for he, his team in the playoffs of the French League. The French League is very competitive, and I believe sometimes when evaluating him, there are some... Um, misconceptions about this league uh, of course uh, everybody does their due diligence and do their, their work i'm not uh, i'm not judging anybody on that aspect but um, the french league is a it's a very very competitive league a very physical league and for him as a teenager to be doing what he's doing is quite impressive and in this do or die game for them they, they were tied 1-1 in the playoff series it's best of three and uh, he just showed his uh, maturity as a teenager. We see a lot of highlights from him, and I'm certain that you have seen it, uh, taking fadeaway trees and step-back trees and a lot of shots that uh, won't be uh, translatable at the level we see him doing on those highlights. But that's not what he does on the basketball court. On this game, that his team really needed him. He shot 50% from the, the court. He took one three-point shot that he missed, but uh, he did every single thing that his team needed for, for them to win. He ended the game with a plus-minus of plus 15, the, the best of his team, uh, aside of another prospect that probably we will approach, Kolabali. But uh, both of them had plus 15 on this game, but Wembayama was able to completely dominate this game. He's comfortable with his jump shot in uh, isolation situations. He has the ability to drive to the rim, as we have seen many times. He can space the floor. Obviously, as a big man, he will benefit from having a good point guard alongside to, to him, especially in the early stages of his career. He won't be an efficient player right away on offense, but uh, I do believe that he will be able to have um, a real impact on the offensive side of the floor because he's a, a great weak side rim protector already. And um, although we see him being uh, so skinny uh, and very tall, he doesn't get... Um, he doesn't shy away from physicality. He needs to, to get stronger, but he has the length to, to deal with bigger players and players that can bully him. Of course, I'm certain that in the NBA, we will have many highlights of him being bullied by another players and be dunked on him. That will yeah. happen <laughs> many times. I don't know if you scattered last year or probably even two years ago, Yves Spons. You, you, yeah, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's playing uh, also in the, the French League and he has a, a massive dunk on Wembayana this, uh, this season already. And that will happen many times in the NBA. Another reason to be very high on him is that the, the game in the NBA will be way easier for him because of the spacing. Uh -huh. He will... While he will struggle offensively, he will not be an efficient player. He has the ability to play in transition. And uh, when we see video of him, usually he's being defended by a smaller player, not because there aren't very seven there aren't seven footers on the the French league. There are few of them around. It's because the the big big man cannot uh, keep up with his speed, and he needs to be to be defended by forwards mostly. And most teams put a forward on him because of his speed, and that's why he looks so much bigger than everyone around him. 
But I was gonna I was gonna specifically ask you that, so I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that yeah. you're killing it right now. Look, continue, continue. <laughs> If I'm taking too long, just stop it. This is your podcast. I don't no, want to no, take no. Over. This is excellent information. I hope <laughs> you all are listening. I'm learning as you're speaking too. So, I mean, just <laughs> it's amazing. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, like the French League, it has um, very good high-level, like renowned players. Uh, I, I know and I understand that Mike James, Elio Kobo weren't players that thrived at the highest level in the NBA but they are good players. They are high-level players, and that's the type of players he's playing in this league with. There is, a, for example, a, a very good seven-footer called uh, Fall that uh, he plays in the EuroLeague, and he's a competitive big man, and uh, he can put up a fight against big men. Although he's not playing against NBA competition, it's important to understand that he's doing this as a teenager against grown men, good basketball players, and in a very, very physical league. And that's that will be clearly the knock on him because he's extremely skinny. And we will get to that and we will for sure speak about injury risk. But um, uh, he's extremely skinny, but he can compete and he's a competitor. Despite he having his frame, he's very good at the rim. He's shooting 70% at the rim during this season. And even when having to face bigger men and stronger bodies down there. And while he certainly will be facing like bigger and stronger athletes in the NBA, but uh, at the same time, he has the ability to run the floor in a way that most of those players can't. And that's what I think it will be his advantage early on in the NBA. I think he will be a very good transition player. I think he'll play the four mostly. Right now, I think he's a four, not a five. Uh, although I'm certain that he will be closing many games as a five, and here he plays as a five. But uh, with how physical and long the NBA game is, I don't think we want him early on to be to be battling the NBA bigs and to be getting bruised by NBA bigs while he's building up his frame. He he's what makes him so special. It's not um, only the the talent. And uh, for example, I'm a very big fan. I'm I haven't studied this draft as you did for sure. I rely on your information more than on my study. But I'm a very big fan of Scoot Anderson, and what I have seen him in on and off the the court is absolutely great. Victor is exactly the same. He off the court, he's his mentality. He wants to be the best. He works to be the best. His uh, father. And his mom were are both athletes. His uh, dad did long jump, I believe, and his mom was a basketball player. He eats right. He uh, prefers to read books and partying. He, of course, that doesn't mean much, but uh, he has the right mentality. And everybody that I know that have, in some capacity, worked with him or worked with someone that have worked with him, just have the best references about the kid, about the person that he is and about his potential. And he keeps showing that he, for France, he played uh, in the, always with the, the older teams at youth level in under 16, when he was just 15 years old in the European championship in 2019, he ended with nine points, 10 rebounds and five blocks. 
showing very well his defensive ability and uh, in the under 19 world cup and that's something that i really recommend everybody to watch because that really showed what he can be he was just a 17 year old and he was going against uh, shed in the the final against united states mm-hmm. and he ended with 14 points seven rebounds and five blocks and and um he was clearly the the best player on the on the floor on that game and he showed how good and how dominant he can be um then what he's doing in the french league like i was saying before as a teenager is absolutely impressive he was the mvp defensive player of the year best young player of the the year he led the the french league in both blocks and points and again like i have mentioned in the league with players like mike james elio cobo jordan lloyd nando de colo that are high-level players and players that compete at a very high level. And finally, the last thing I have about to say about him is like injury-wise. Uh, of course, we look he doesn't look like a normal human being because he's extremely <laughs> long and skinny. And he doesn't have any major injury red flags. And uh, everybody and all the information that I have read and got to know about him is that he doesn't have any major injury red flags. It's understandable that uh, with his body type, there are some concerns and those are obviously legit. And uh, the Spurs, I believe we will get to that, will have to come up with a plan to to take care of his body. In the, When we saw him playing in the EuroLeague uh, the previous season and when he was having a bigger volume of games, we did him, we saw him having a few minor injuries. Uh, a bit Anthony Davis-like that uh, <laughs> has a lot of minor injuries that make him miss some time. And, but uh, he always wants to play. For example, he is about to get life-changing money in the, the NBA and he's right now playing the playoffs of the French League. He refuses any possibility of being shut, in, shut down and uh, he's a, a baller and he wants to play and he there are no concerns with uh, with uh, his body and he's doing everything right to keep his body in, in uh, shape and to be ready and to be protected from injuries and um, I'm sure that a team like the Spurs that has a track record of resting players before resting was a thing True. will take good care of him uh, in December of 2020 he suffered a stress fracture on his leg he recovered without any problems. In November 2021, he broke a finger that forced him to miss a month. In December of 2021, he suffered a right shoulder uh, blade bone bruise that forced him to miss over a month. And in June of 2022, when he was playing the, um, in the, the EuroLeague last season, he suffered a muscle injury that forced him to miss the, the rest of the season in the French League. And uh, this was the, the first time that he had a bigger volume of games, uh, just to give your listeners an idea um, right now he's playing every once a week usually in the weekends and uh, most weeks he plays once in the middle of the week in the euro league you can add about an extra game every every third week about that and with the bigger volume of the game he did have this muscle injury that uh, forced him to shut down of course they were being extra careful with him but uh, there was there there are no red flags about his injuries and he has not missed a single game this season for the Metropolitans that is the team he's playing for and uh, even on his pre-draft year he continues to compete and to help his team and uh, never considers a shutdown as he just as he ha- I have just mentioned 
like I told you, I'm a huge fan of uh, Scoot, and I will shut up for a moment here. His uh, mindset seems to be like absolutely fantastic, but um, I know that you have Scoot number one on your big board, and I I do think myself that Scoot will be an incredible prospect and an incredible basketball player. But why would you think that uh, the Spurs should consider to take someone else but uh, Wemby and... Uh, do you disagree with something that I just said? Well, let me let me recap some of the things you said, and that was all incredible information. And you even <laughs> convinced me a little bit to, you know, be more confident in Victor Wimbenyama translating to the NBA. But, you know, I was going to bring up small defenders. A lot of times you see small defenders against him, but that's because you said he's blown by the big men and the smaller defenders are guarding him. So there are big men over there. And he's not just dominating small guys. So that's good to know. Um, you said the spacing will help in the NBA. It's a little – I've heard Luka Doncic say, you know, international the international game is harder than the NBA game. So I agree with that. With more spacing in the NBA, Victor probably will be even more efficient and dominant. So that's, that's, that's a great point you made. Um, you know, he said he's a teenager playing against grown men. True. I will say Scoot is in that same boat as well in the G League. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yep, yep. And uh, you say he's mainly a power forward, but will close as a five. And that's that's a key, too, because in today's NBA, they don't like having big men that can't shoot in the game at the end of the game. So I, I did not feel Victor can hold his own as skinny as he is right now. So he would need to be paired with a big man. But that's that he will be incredible for closing lineups. I didn't even consider that. That will help teams a lot as well. Okay, one thing I have to say. You say mostly plays once or twice a week, right? Uh, yes, right now, uh, mostly once or twice a week. So now the NBA grind is 82 games, like in four and a half months. So he's going to be playing. Do you think they will, like you said, he's on the Spurs. You think they will baby him, like not let him play too many back-to-backs? Because they they might play four games a week, maybe five games some weeks. Uh, are you concerned about that? Any? Not at all. The Spurs will wrap <laughs> him in bubble wrap That's for true. the first season. <laughs> they will take care of his body. No, I I'm not really concerned. I don't think okay. that um, it's fair to expect from a player like uh, Victor to be playing 82 games often. But I think that. Uh, at playoff time, he can and he has the capacity to develop into the most dominant player in the world when once we get there. Because I don't think he will do it in, in terms of shot creation. So he will always need to, to play alongside a player that can create for 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 him or and put him in the the perfect situations for him to succeed. Another another thing about spicing is like in FIBA basketball and the European basketball we don't have the defensive three seconds. So it means that the big man can be camped under the basket and uh, there are no defensive three seconds. In the NBA, right. that doesn't happen. So that reduces, if, besides the, the court being smaller, the being easier to pack the paint, there are no defensive three seconds. So besides him being defended by a faster player, usually a forward, he's getting always help of a big man that is camped down there to, waiting for him. His That's mobility, incredible. his yeah, his mobility will will be a big thing when he gets into the NBA spacing. 
obviously I don't expect him to be scoring 30 points on his first season in the, in the NBA, but I think he can develop into being a 25 point per game scorer. Then the thing that you were mentioning very wisely is that when he closes against five, I don't want to see Embiid going at him for a whole game, but he has the ability of defending Embiid in the last two minutes of the game. Embiid will get his way many times. I'm using Embiid as one of the most dominant players in, inside right now in the NBA or Jokic or however, but they will get their way against him many times, but his length He's, he has a 9-2 standing reach. His length is incredible and allows him to, even when he's being bullied, to still contest those shots and to still fight against those players. And he's so clever. He's so mobile. He can contest three-point shots. Uh, Robert Williams, he has an incredible ability of moving and to contest three-point shots when he's healthy. And Wemby also has that, but he's even longer and, and bigger. Yeah. He, he can cover so much ground on the floor and that will totally translate to the NBA game. And uh, he has the ability of being the most dominant player on the, on the floor for any team at any level. And he's just a teenager. He's not that yet, but he can totally get to that. And I think that with time, he will totally be able to, to play 70 games in a season, play three times a week without a problem. Uh, probably he will rest back-to-backs many times. But yeah. it's more about risk-taking. And uh, we saw, for example, a player like Yao Ming, that um, he is an all-fame for the way that he played. And his body started to fail later on his career. And now we are in a point that... Um, We take such good care of our players and that's great for the game. That's, I really think this is the, the perfect time for him to, to be a superstar and to be a great player. And while I love Scoot, I just think that uh, the way that Wemby can impact the game because he will be already an elite defensive player on day one in the NBA and it will just get better. I think he will be a defensive player of the year many, many times. And he will be a very good offensive player because he's that clever. He's that mobile. It's extremely hard to contest his shots. A big man won't be able to, to cover him. A smaller man won't be... For example, Draymond Green can absolutely bully, bully him on defense. No doubt about it. He can do that to everybody. So I'm yeah. sure he can do it to Envy. Uh, but he won't be able to block his shot many times when he's taking it because it's it's too high up there. <laughs> well, that that's great. All that is perfect. Um, but you, as far as you me talking about Scoot, you know, I just think Scoot is a guaranteed thing. He's a guaranteed All Star in my opinion. Potentially All NBA. I think Victor is more like a lottery ticket. He could be all that, or he could have some issues, like you said, with injuries and time translating with his game, translating to the NBA uh, working. Uh, it's all possible, but you know, in my big board, I did have scoop first, but in my mock draft, I do actually have the Spurs taking Wimbayama. I think that is the perfect landing spot for him. Uh, you know, and I think when Victor gets there, he should talk to Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan played <laughs> 20 years, never really got hurt. Uh, and mainly because I believe the way he ran was, you know, he kind of protected himself when he was running. He was never flying down the court. He always played at a steady pace, always never let anyone speed him up. I think Victor needs to get with him, and that will help him a lot. Uh, I think San Antonio, San Antonio, you're a fan of the Spurs, so they had DeJounte Murray, 
And then they traded him to tank. So they didn't trade DeJounte Murray, an excellent all-star point guard, to then draft another excellent all-star point guard. They did that to try to get the generational player, and I think that would be their best bet is to take Victor Wimbenyama. It may work. It may not. I think you made a very convincing argument, and if you had any doubt on Victor Wimbenyama, Andre Lemos just definitely covered everything you need to know about him. And I will say, you have me a little more convinced about Victor than I was coming in. So uh, that was all great, great, great information. So I think everyone's tired of hearing about Victor now. Let's move on to two (laughs) more prospects that you did cover in the Euro League. And they are potential. One is a potential first rounder. The other one couldn't be moving up to the first round after his impressive combine. James Naji and Tristan Vucevic. Let's cover those guys. What? Which one do you want to attack first? Uh, which one are you higher on? <laughs> Actually, I'm higher on Tristan Vucevic. Okay, very well. Let's, <laughs> let's speak about Vucevic. He he did had a very good combine, right? Yeah. But while he had, I'm actually higher on James Naji. I think he will be able to to fulfill a um, a role. While I don't know if Vucevic will be able to develop what he needs to develop to be able to succeed on the the NBA but uh, while Vucevic was having a good combine James Nagy was playing the EuroLeague Final Four and performing at a very good level but let's talk about Vucevic first first he profiles as a poor forward I believe he maybe would be able to play the center position I don't believe he moves well enough to to play the small forward he played a very limited role for Partizan in the EuroLeague. It's a team from Serbia. Uh, he averaged 8.1 points and 3.2 rebounds on their domestic league. But honestly, I don't think that uh, any of those numbers matter. The, there is one number that for me matters with Vucevic, and it's what makes him such an appealing player at uh, 6'10". It's uh, 6'11", maybe. It's uh, his shooting, and he shot... 40% from behind the arc his shooting touch and at his size it's what makes him so appealing and uh, he's absolutely great before being with Partizan he was with Real Madrid and you can find video of him playing some early games for Real Madrid he ended up playing more there than he played this season in Partizan what is also interesting, an interesting factor about his development he didn't took the step forwards that were expected of him uh, recently and uh, in a worse team, he wasn't able to to find a role to to play and to be more predominant in the in this team. Uh, but uh, he's an absolutely sharp shooter. Uh, I question his defensive ability at the NBA level. And while he doesn't shy away from physicality, like uh, he's a tough player, I do wonder how his athletic ability will translate to the NBA. For me, a good uh, player, they are slightly different, but a good uh, comparison to another European player. He's like a much worse uh, Bielica. He is a very, very good shooter. He has a, much, uh, a much worse Bielica? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but Pick Bielica was very good. <laughs> Pick Bielica was a EuroLeague MVP. He was very right, good. Right, right. When he went to the NBA, it was a later stage of his career. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but um, so basically with Vuksovic, I do believe that his shot will translate. He can shot lights out. But he doesn't have 
much more to his repertoire and uh, I think that his shot can grant him a draft pick. I would believe so and the, the rumors are that. But I expect him to struggle to find a regular role in the in the NBA and I see him turning into a good role player in the Europe in the, the long run. I think that's more about more what's in line for him in the future. If uh, he didn't settle so much in the perimeter and uh, he had the ability to post up smaller players in a more efficient way, uh, I will be much more confident on his upside that uh, I think that uh, his defensive struggles and uh, he just has too many limitations for, for playing at the NBA level. And while they are slightly different players, he reminds me of his teammate that was playing good minutes for Partizan team, Smilogic, that was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. That um, He is now thriving for Partizan, and I expect to see Vukcevic in the future thriving for an European league. I just don't think that um, he will be able to succeed at the highest level in the NBA, but I do expect him to be drafted because... He has the size and he has the shooting touch. What makes you so high on him and uh, what do you don't agree with me on, on my evaluation of him? No, I get everything you're saying, all great points. And I do think it may take a few years. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Nikola Vucevic. I don't know if they're related in any way. I think their names are spelled a little bit different. But yeah. Nikolai was uh, with the Sixers for a few years and he just sat on the bench for a few years before he went to Orlando. And then he finally was able to start and be a great center. I see the same path Tristan could take if he continues to develop, you know, with that shot. Uh, but, yeah, he's not there right now. It may take two or three years because, like you said, he does need to get stronger. I think he needs to play in the paint uh, more. He's a little too perimeter-oriented. But that size and that shot, uh, I think, will translate, like you just said. But, um, but like, when I said I like Tristan better, I have Tristan ranked 55th. And I have James Naji ranked 57. So I'm <laughs> higher, but they're pretty much both at the barely draftable range for me. And I'm going to say that about James. Everyone I've heard says James Naji should be a first-round pick, like in the 20s. I think he should be barely drafted because there's a lot of players that are international that can't shoot, that are centers, and they don't really turn out to be anything in the NBA. I mean, he yeah, he's got all the athleticism you would ever want. But in nine minutes per game with Barcelona, I didn't see enough. So you tell me why he is such a good prospect, James Najee. So I absolutely, first of all, I absolutely agree with you on Vucevic. And I do think that either as a draft and stash or uh, right. a draft and a player that will spend some time in the G League, he does have the, the shooting touch and the size to be intriguing uh, right now. And that ha taking into account that he didn't really develop and didn't really took steps on this season when he went to a situation where he should have been able to play more and to show more. He didn't really do it. That's why I have some question marks about him, but I do hope that he does develop and becomes a good NBA player, obviously. About James Nagy, for me, it's um, he doesn't have the shooting touch, but right. he is elite in one role. For me, this type of players and what I see in the NBA, and it's a bit with my the, the first Portuguese player ever drafted to the NBA, Nami Esqueta. He's with the Kings right now. He's in the G League, dominating the G League. Yeah. Uh, these type of players, they do need to have the right opportunity because 
less and less NBA teams need players like this, and there are many of them. So I do understand, and you probably are right with taking the punt or taking the, the gamble on the going Vucevic and betting on him developing into something special than going with a player that there are many of them around. So your evaluation in that sense for me, it's correct. I just think that James Nagy is a way superior player right now and he can thrive in a role. So he started his career in Hungary a while ago and he got recruited to Barcelona after a scout from Barcelona uh, Academy. They found a video that Nagy himself posted online. Like Nagy is not just a physical specimen. He's a very high IQ player. He He's a type He's he loves to play the piano. He's uh, he's one of those guys that uh, off off the court. He's a student of the game and he keeps learning. And uh, he's a good guy to have on your locker room. And he he's more than just uh, a, a tall player that can jump. <laughs> he's a sixth and center from Nigeria, but he played in the Euroleague this year for Barcelona. He's uh, strong and athletic, as you, as you just mentioned. For me, the the key with him is uh, how quick how quick his feet are for his size. He moves very well. He would be able to. He is able to to switch into perimeter players, in the, when he is defending the pick and roll. That uh, makes him uh, a very good defender. Not only a good rim protector, but he is able to to adjust to different types of defensive coverages. He's a great leaper and the finisher he he basically just dunk an offense but he is able to to move so well that uh, he can create opportunities for his guards to feed him down there and we just saw him uh, being the probably the brightest spot for a Barcelona team in the EuroLeague final four where he was going against very very competitive and strong opposition and he was dominating in the minutes that he was able to, to get. He didn't got many minutes because Barcelona is a very, very deep team and they had three centers ahead of him in the rotation, like uh, veterans that they are paying a lot of money to <laughs> and he's just 18. But every time that he got uh, a chance, he showed great flashes of his mobility and rim protection. He's a great finisher of the basket. He shot almost 79% for Barcelona, not in the EuroLeague, but uh, ACB, that is uh, the Spanish league, that is uh, uh, probably the best domestic league in uh, in Europe. Uh, again, his mobility, his potential to be a good pick-and-roll defender, his ability to defend in drop switches as well, and drop uh, schemes as well. He, he's, he's limited on his offensive tools. He is. He's not uh, Vukcevic. He doesn't have that shooting. But if he's in the right place and uh, if I have to guess which player will be able to, in five years, perform a role for an NBA team, I'm way higher on James Nagy and I believe on him way more. I think he will be elite at his role and elite at doing the things that he's good at. But I do see the appeal of if Vuksevich becomes um, something more, he develops other things on his game, he has the tools to be a more impressive offensive player. Which one of them I would believe that can hold their own in the NBA courts right now or soon? I, I would go James Nagy. Okay, so y'all heard it here first. We have a bet. In five years, we're going to come back and see which player is better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, let's go to a couple guys that you know about. 
that weren't in the Euro League, but are international players that you have some feelings on. And these guys are all potentially first rounders. Let's start with Ryan Rupert. I am not high on his game. I think he should be barely drafted. I have him around 58th. Why am I wrong? Because everyone has him in the top 20 as well. Or do you agree with me? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think uh, he's not polished enough. Uh, what Everything that I've heard from people that are working with the French Federation is that uh, he won't be going to the NBA. And I think that might be why so many teams might be drafting him because mm. he's an extremely disruptive defender. Yeah. He's a great on-ball defender. He can defend one to three, but he's a great on-ball defender. He's, I believe, six 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 seven. With and mm. he has a very long wingspan. Should be about seven two, I believe. He's a three and D wing, but uh, his the three part of it still hasn't come. He grew playing as a as a guard mostly, and you can see when you watch his game. And I didn't follow him in the New Zealand this season. I watched him mostly. Uh, playing for France at youth level. He has a great quick feet, great lateral movement, great agility. He gets tons of deflections. He's a, a man... He's a menace on, on the ball and uh, and defending on the ball. He has the potential to, became, to become a capable floor spacer. For, sorry, floor spacer, but uh, needs to become a consistent shooter that he isn't yet. I think maybe he's slightly under underrated as a ball handler that uh, I have seen from him playing as a guard in Europe, but uh, he isn't consistent at creating for others despite growing as a guard. So I'm not sure if he can develop into a secondary creator, especially at the NBA level, but uh, his calling card is his physical tools and uh, his ability to defend. So basically... He has something that will grant him to to be on the on the court, and I don't know if we will speak about Sissoko later on the podcast, but um, he has a skill that allow him to be on the floor and to be productive. Now he needs to to grow physically to to build up a bit because he's not very good with contact. He's not good finishing through contact. Rupert, you're still talking about Rupert, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm okay. speaking about Rupert. He's not good at finishing into through contact and uh, he needs to have either that or to for his shoot shooting to to improve to to be able to to stay on the floor because otherwise he you will be be attacking four on five and uh, as we know that uh, doesn't work on the NBA right now but I believe it's his physical tools and uh, his ability to be an extremely disruptive on ball defender that makes him so appealing for NBA teams but he needs to polish and develop develop his game yeah. a lot but as a draft and stash I understand why NBA teams will be interested and see how he would look like in three years to then bring him on. And he has the tools to, to become um, an effective seventh uh, man in a rotation of the NBA. Yes, he does. Okay. I, I can't argue against any of that. You, we feel pretty much the same on that one. So <laughs> you already mentioned him. Let's go right into City Suzoko. He played with the G League Ignite. But where was he before the G League Ignite for you, have to, for you to have seen him? So... I saw Sissoko in the French 
under 18 uh, level uh, when he played in the European Championship. Uh, he averaged 7.8 points, 3.2 rebounds, but most importantly, 3 assists and 2.4 steals. And uh, he was playing about 20 minutes per game. Those French national teams were pretty strong, so they rotate everybody quite a, a lot. He's uh, about 6'6", six, six, I believe. Uh, and I got him again, at 6'8". He's not that tall. He was, oh. I believe he was... Uh, in the G League, I think they had him a bit above his height, but I believe oh. he's 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, okay. if I'm not wrong. And I think in the combine, uh, I think he measured a 6'6, six, six, if I'm not wrong. Okay, okay. But regardless, he's extremely strong and he looks like a poor forward out there, but uh, yeah. he grew as a point guard. He And this is why I was mentioning his three assists as being one of the keys here for him. For, him. He has, for me, what's great about him is stealing rate, assist rate, block rate. Over the top. He's absolutely amazing. He can defend two to four, like from shooting guard to poor forward, maybe even some centers. He can play center in the small ball lineups. He's very strong for his age already, and he will keep growing and developing. And uh, I do think he, he will be an NBA player. I think he'll be a rotation player, not a star. But if his shooting come along with his ability to play make and his size and strength and physical ability, he uh, opposed to Rupert. He's very good at finishing with contact. He's a skilled ball handler for his size. He can initiate pick and roll actions. He's very good at uh, playing uh, Four forward center pick and roll actions because he can really take advantage of the of the center players if they switch on him, but uh, he likes lacks the ability as a pull up shooter and that for me will be the key for he for him to be more than a role player in the NBA, and every time that I have seen him he's a willing shooter he's a very hard worker so I believe that uh, his shooting will be at least average in the long run. I don't know if it will ever be more than that for him to become a star. I think Sissoko has star upside in him. I just uh, think it will take a lot to develop to get to that point. And But I think that at the very least, his floor is of a very good role player. Do you agree with me? I'm, I'm a little higher on City than you. I have him as my 22nd ranked prospect. Uh, I think he's kind of the type of player that a lot of teams are looking for. Good, good size. I wish he was 6'8". You know, that's not good if he's 6'6". <laughs> but that hurts him a little bit. But, uh, you know, guys like OG Ananobi, um, just small forwards that could guard well and have a little bit of offensive game. And I think with him being 19 years old, he, there's room for improvement in his offensive game. He played very well in the G League, and this is against grown men. Like we mentioned, he played with Scoop. And I think, um, you know, he has everything there. He just needs to polish it and continue to improve. I have to ask you one question. You may not know, but why do you think he came over to the G League as a, as a you know, opposed to staying over in France and playing internationally? So in Europe, more and more, uh, there are players that uh, want to um, – to go into the NBA looking for alternatives to going to college and uh, the old route that uh, most players did. And uh, 
it has a ton to do with like agents and opportunities. And for CD, it was a chance to to make money and to to be playing in a league that is probably as competitive or more competitive than what you will be here, but in a place that uh, their goal is to get players into the NBA. While in Europe, you end up getting... And Rupert, in a way, it was kind of the same going to New Zealand. But uh, while in the G League, you have teams trying to develop these players and to they, they will benefit if they put more players in the NBA because you will have more good high-level prospects wanting to go and play there. In Europe, you are just another player. For example, in Partizan, yeah. nobody cared if Vuksovic wanted to go to the NBA or not. You are here to win games and you will do and use the players that will maximize your chance to win. And uh, there, you will maximize your chance to win. You'll put them in in position to compete against very good players, but you will also put players in a position to show himself and to succeed in order to make him to go into the NBA. And I think that's the, the main reason why he went. And just, by the way, I checked and on the combined, he's 6'7", and with the 6'7", okay. span. Right in the middle, 6'7". <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, 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 you know, more playing time. Like you said, um, you know, uh, James Naji nine minutes a game. Vucevic, 15 minutes per game. So City might have would have been in that same type of situation if he stayed overseas. So Absolutely. that's a great point. Okay, another big name guy rising up draft boards, Bilal Koulibaly. He played <laughs> with Victor Wimbayama from France. He is 6'6", I last heard. <laughs> he might be up or down on number two. But um, I have him as an early second round, maybe 31st, 32nd best prospect. Am I too high on him or is, am I too low on him? What do you think? Again, development, develop, development, it's like, He's unpolished, he's uh, raw, and uh, he has the ability to become a very good player or to be an afterthought after a while. But he, he, he can shoot the three pretty well, though. He can shoot the three, but <laughs> he's not a consistent three-point shooter. Okay. Like, um, what he does the best is like he's ultra-athletic. He, he has a great size. He is 6'6". And he can play the two, he played the three. He was just playing with uh, Wemby in this, this uh, elimination game. And both of them were had the, the two highest plus minus of the game. So that's a good sign. They are players that play to win and can contribute for teams to win. Um, he has an excellent leaping ability, more than excellent. He's incredible. He has a great hang time. He runs the floor very well and he excels in transition. He's a great slasher and cutter. He's very clever at moving without the ball to be able to, to get easy baskets. That's a good skill to have when you when you get into a league like an NBA where you won't be a primary option. And uh, that was where he was able to, to do the most and to be the most effective, not only playing at the highest level, but for most of the season, he played for their uh, junior team, for their youth team. And uh, he was so dominant at that level that uh, they called him up and he's uh, sh taking very good care of himself at the, the highest level playing for the Metropolitans where Wemby plays. He's a very... I, I, He's a very good rebounder for for his size and for being a wink. I don't know how much that will be able to translate into the NBA, but he has shown the ability of rebounding quite well for a 6'6 player. He profiles as an elite defensive player. Uh, he's very versatile, switchable. 
he tends to be a bit over aggressive at times, so fall trouble can be an issue. But it's something that again, he's very raw. He needs to to he needs to to grow and to to mature in that sense. He has very active rants. He 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 ends up having a lot of steals. He uses his leaping ability. He doesn't. He's not afraid to contest shots. He also have good blocking numbers, and especially at the youth level, those numbers were off the charts. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Sorry about that, but uh, they were off the charts. He still needs to to bulk up. He's he's not uh, very strong yet, and he's extremely raw offensively. He can be passive at times. One of while he's a good cutter and slasher, he has a he has a good eye to to do that he, many times you can see him just standing in a corner and uh, he, that's one of the the main issues that i see with his game at the highest level he can be slightly passive and while he has the ability to shoot he isn't for me yet uh, doesn't have the shooting consistency consistency uh, but he has a better shooting form and shooting ability than players like Sissoko or Huppert, for example. Yeah. So in that sense, he is closer than them to, to achieve that. And if the rest comes, he can be able to, to, to be more than those players, but he is mostly a project. I saw him playing in the under-18 tournament for France. He flashed some potential. He averaged 7.7 points, 3.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals in only 17 minutes per game. He was playing, if I'm not mistaken, he was one year younger than most of the teams. He scores very, very well uh, at the basket, at the youth level. He, for a... For, um, Guard forward for a for a wing player, he shots seventy seven percent at the rim. That's uh, that was quite impressive to to watch him doing in about four attempts per game. So that was a very good indication of of his ability to do that. So shooting consistency, but he does have some shooting ability and um, and less passivity in the offense. But he has all the tools. He can be a very complete player. It's about yeah. controlling the aggressivity so he doesn't get into fall trouble, being less passive, passive at times in the offense. It's about maturing. He's a project. He's a project, but he does have the upside, but he's a project. You see now, y'all thought I was a hard uh, judge of, of talent. Andre is rough, man. He's <laughs> tough on these guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I, do, I do really think that uh, Sissoko can be a good I think his floor is of a good role player. I do think Kolobali can be a high-level player and he does have all the the um, tools to become it, but he's raw. When I watch him playing, he's raw. <laughs> that's, that's No, but no, I love, I love the honesty. You know, you could be on here <laughs> trying to sell me all these guys saying they're all incredible, but that lets you know you're giving it to us raw and real and honest, and I love it. And I got to go. I'm a little scared because I like this prospect. <laughs> Let's see what you're going to say about Yannick Craig, the 6'8 oh. young man from Spain, seven foot two wingspan. Well, from the Netherlands, played with Spain, I suppose. Yeah. What do you think about Yannick Craig? This is a guy that nobody in America is talking about. I think I'm the only one that found him, and, I, and, and he's my guy. So what do you got for me on Yannick Craig? <laughs> okay, so he's... Length is incredible. And for a player with that length, his ability to put the ball on the floor and to create, 
I think it's above average for his age and for he what he's able to do. He I what I have seen from him, he has shown flashes of having high level potential, but in my opinion, he again lacks consistency. And um, I have more question marks about his tools translating to play in against bigger and stronger and more athletic players than I have with Kulabali as a pro as a as a project. He thrives in transition. He is a very good weak side shot blocker, uh, above average again. For me, the question marks I have about his game is if it will translate to the next level. And I haven't seen much beside the flashes that uh, make me confident that uh, his skill would be able to translate besides him having great flashes here and there. But I haven't seen the consistency and the ability to do it uh, over and over again. He played uh, Euro Cup and ACB. ACB is the, the best domestic league in Europe, in Spain. And the Euro Cup is the second division of the European competitions around here. He played around 100 minutes in the Euro Cup um, this season and 240 in the ACB. He didn't got a lot of exposure to those leagues. And uh, usually in the, the team that he was playing and at the level he was playing, I would expect to see it more if he was ready. He has a good shooting form. I like his shooting form, but he can be a streaky shooter at times. And uh, he, while he has, he's a good transition player, he can run uh, straight <laughs> very well. He can struggle <laughs> against against defensive and quicker guards. I, I have seen him like uh, struggling to to move laterally and to to be able to keep up with uh, with quicker guards and. He's tall, but he's not strong. And um, I don't think that uh, he will be a big man. He'll be more of a forward and he might lack the strength, but that's something that obviously he will gain with time. And uh, that can be an issue for him. But uh, I will be honest, I haven't followed Yannick in depth this season. I have watched him playing for the Dutch national team in the FIBA under-20 tournament, but they were playing the second division of the tournament, so the competition wasn't the best. When I watched him playing, he averaged 19 points, 7.1 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and these numbers were what catch my eye, the 2.9 steals and 1.7 blocks. He's very, very good as a a weak side rim protector, and he's very good at uh, deflecting balls. He knows where to be on the court. He's he's clever. He knows how to intercept balls, where uh, how to to close passing lines, and uh, he was very clever at doing that. But the competition wasn't the highest, so intriguing numbers, but not against the best competition. And uh, the Netherlands ended ended this. Uh, European Championship in 13th place so while he was by far the best player on this team it might not have been the best stage to 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 have big conclusions about where he can get I agree with you, he's a very intriguing prospect, he has the length I don't know if he will be able to, to translate I just haven't seen enough consistency of those flashes that he has. But again, uh, another intriguing player that I can see an NBA team uh, 
picking on and i guess what makes the great evaluators is to to choose which one of these uh, prospects will uh, will be able to develop and turn into something because we are speaking about all these players maybe one of them will become good nba player and that success and being a good evaluator is to be able to distinguish it. But if you are talking about Craig, you you are doing a good job because he does have the tools. So congratulations for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, he he didn't play much. You know, um, his latest stats I have on him is he only scored four points and two rebounds per game. Um, so that's good that you saw those other stats that he had nineteen and seven. So it definitely you nailed it with the flashes because it's not consistent yet, but a lot of times when you're scouting international players, that's what you want to see. If they have the height, the weight, the length, and those flashes, that's all you need. And everyone's looking for the next Giannis, so you just never know. So you got to take a shot. I think Giannis Craig is can be really good. But like you said, it could take a while, but I like his game. And let's wrap it up on Bobby Clintman, the 6'10", power forward. He played at Wake Forest last season. But you know him from international play. I believe he's from Sweden, uh, and he's climbing up draft boards as well. How do you feel about Bobby Clinton? Let's let's get the people some good news now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking about flashes and uh, players, and uh, I was looking at his name and I was like, can we speak about him? Let's yes. do it then. <laughs> so he's a 6'10 uh, forward uh, from Sweden, as you said. I didn't follow him in college last season. You didn't need to because he didn't play much. <laughs> Excellent. And for what I got to know, he's shown very different things playing for the Swedish national team in college. Yes. yes. He is someone that I am actually high on okay, and because he has great physical tools. Yeah. I believe that those tools will translate to the NBA game. He has shown two-way talent with a reliable jumper for his size and the potential to be a versatile defender, but he's not consistent there whatsoever. He's He's able, because of his length and mobility, to defend multiple positions, so that makes it easier to for him to to stay on the floor, but he might be the type of player that he really needs his offensive game to develop in order to to be worth to have him on the floor. He is a good shooter from behind the arc, but he struggles closer to the rim against stronger players. He he I have seen him struggling with physicality at times. Looks like he he made the right call right call by declaring to the 2023 draft as you are saying that he's climbing on the draft boards and what I have heard from people on the Swedish Federation side is that he has a draft promise. I'm not breaking news. Don't (laughs) aggregate me. (laughs) But uh, that uh, he seems to have a draft promise for the the first round, late first round, early second round, something like that. I don't know from where, obviously. But it sounds like that there is some team that is high on him and on his tools to to become a, a good basketball player sooner rather than later but uh, these are the things that probably you want to hear about and him playing for sweden at uh, under 20 level he averaged 16 points 10 rebounds and what was more impressive for me was the 5.1 assists and 2.6 steals the 5.1 assists was for me what was what impressed me on his game and uh, seeing him evolving into this, they were using him as a point forward and he was quite successful of that. He was showing the ability to move the ball very well, to, to play make. And uh, in that European Championship, we saw him flashing some 
potential to to be more than just a, just a wing and just a, a, a tall player that can shoot the ball. He has shown the ability of being a little bit of a playmaker. He needs to improve his finishing ability at the rim and also doesn't have a very expo- explosive first step to be able to blow by players. But uh, while I don't expect him to to have many on-ball reps for a team, so that won't be too much of a problem, being able to finish at the rim will probably help him. But if he can become a consistent defensive player with his ability to shoot, with his length, with his size, with his ability to move and defend multiple positions, he might be what Craig might become in some years and be better than Bobby. But right now, I think that he might be one of the, the best prospects from all of these players that we have spoken about. And uh, that uh, hidden ability to, to be a little bit of a playmaker might uh, give him an extra layer to, to become uh, a good a good NBA player down the line. And... Uh, if you allow me, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Well, I was just gonna say he he is a bit of a mystery man over here in America because when he played for Wake Forest, he averaged five points and four and a half rebounds per game, and he only played twenty minutes per game, which was a crime in my opinion that he was used <laughs> that little. So I had to go back to the previous year when he played with the Swedish team, and like you said, averaged sixteen and ten. Looked like a totally different player, an incredible player. So. In my mind, I thought I was going to be the only one that was high on him and like <laughs> found this diamond in the rough, but everyone's starting to discover him now. So what were you going to say? No, I, I, I just wanted to say that um, because you have said that this will be the last time we talk about just a player for your listeners to, to keep an eye on. Okay, yeah, definitely. Let us know a surprise player we should know about, <laughs> or maybe not a surprise. Who, who are you high on that you can leave us with? Rock Vav. <laughs> Sorry, Greek names. Rock Vopolos. He was in the draft combine right now, uh, a few days ago. I think he'll be a draft and stash. He has the the size. He's just he's a bit older. He's twenty one year old, but uh, he's a guard for six eight, six eight, and he's a great shooter. And he might become uh, in well, by turn into a player that uh, later on will go and uh, jump into the NBA, just a player to keep an eye on that uh, doesn't seem to be high on the radar of many people, but he might be a light draft pick and be stashed in Europe where he already signed for three years with a EuroLeague team where we expect to see him thriving moving forward. And that's what the NBA is looking for, 6'8", international players, mystery men uh you never know what they can turn into everyone's looking for luca everyone's looking for a Jokic. say that name one more time because that was a hard one what was that thing one more time <laughs> nikos rogopoulos nikos rogopoulos okay we'll, we'll, we'll just say it into google and we'll he'll turn up he'll turn up <laughs> what country was he from you said greece from right? greece yeah from he has greece. some right. pretty impressive uh games already in the qualifier windows for the Greek national team, for the their main team. Awesome. And uh, he's a very, very complete player, has a size, still has some parts of his game to polish, but uh, he can become uh, a good contributor. He, I think he will be an elite player at the early level, and I can see him in uh, three, four years jumping to the NBA. And I do wonder if an NBA team will draft him during the second round to have the rights 
over him as players like Misic and Sasha Vzankov that might be going to the NBA next season. Uh, there are teams that have their rights or if he will go undrafted and be able to choose where he might be able to, to jump into the NBA. Okay. Y- y'all heard all this excellent information from Andre <laughs> Lemos. Tell him about your podcast and your Twitter one more time before we get out of here. And thanks again so much for joining the show. Thank you very much for having me, William. Uh, you guys make sure to, to follow Sportsiza, first of all, and uh, join our fantasy leagues across all the sports and uh, follow us on Ito's EuroLeague, where we cover everything regarding the EuroLeague and join our podcast, join the ride. During the offseason, we will be covering also the Basketball World Cup and uh, then we will be giving you some information and some knowledge about the EuroLeague if you want to learn a little bit about it. Now it's the time to join. Once again, Andre Lemos, thank you so much. This was an awesome show. I'm honored to have you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for joining me.